This is Bloomberg Business Week with Carol Masser and Bloomberg Quick Takes Tim Stenovic from Bloomberg Radio. The backstory on our next guest company's name will tell you a lot about what they hope to be doing, and that is creating a safer workplace for employees just like Canaries did in the coal mines. Let's bring in Mandy Price. She is CEO and co-founder of Canaries. It's a platform for compiling and tracking demographic demographic data for companies. It's uh, also pulling in together data on employees, executive leadership, and governing boards. Her company works with the likes of Yum Brands, Neiman Marcus, and the Dallas Mavericks, among others. And Mandy joins us on the phone in Dallas. Mandy, welcome to Bloomberg. Hi, Carol. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Um, Tell us a little bit more about your company and what you are doing and and really what you've set out to do. I'm curious how you got there in the first place. Yeah, sure. So um, as a woman of color, I had uh, challenges in the workplace like many underrepresented employees face. But I uh, have the also unique perspective and experience of helping to drive my organization's diversity uh, initiatives. So I designed um, my law firm before Canaries. I was a practicing attorney. And uh, as far as with the Women's Task Force, the hiring committee, and and also leading up the Black ERG group. So I knew the unique challenges that organizations had really trying to move these uh, initiatives forward and knew that there needed to be a way for organizations to really measure and track their progress. What we see is that a lot of organizations are measuring diversity and tracking that, but we have to go beyond that. We have to really be able to have a measurement tool for equity and inclusion and ensure that we're creating that workplace where everyone thrives. How do you measure that? So uh, we do all kinds of assessments. Uh, We do assessments not only with respect to the employees, but also uh, assessments with respect to the company's policies, practices, the way the organization is operating. We know that the systems we put in place can perpetuate inequities. And so that's one of the first things we do when we're working with a client is sit down and really looking at not only their talent acquisition, the performance management, the way their pay structures are set up to ensure that we're putting in research best practices to ensure we are reducing those inequities that exist within the workplace. Well, because it's interesting, and I am curious in your own personal experience, um, when you're working at the law firm and then, you know, maybe putting your company together, raising money, I mean, what are the structural problems that you see that currently exist in our system that, that really prevent equality and diversity and inclusion to its fullest extent? Well, Carol, we'll be here all day. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's an easy question. Well, but I I love talking to leaders like you because I get a better understanding, especially if you've seen something firsthand. Like, because we've been, you listen, you know this better than I do, Mandy. We've been talking about this for decades. And I do hope that things are changing in the past year that it's not just about talking, it's about actions, being deliberate, being intentional, so that the systems change and that we do create a much more equal society. You know, you're, you're, you're spot on. And I think what we're starting to see is that organizations understand that they have to have a systems-based approach um, because for so long what we heard and what the organization's uh, focus was was on increasing the pipeline. They felt that, you know, the, the entire issue was really around the pipeline, the talent acquisition system, but that's just one uh, piece of, of, of the pie. And so what we need to do and what research has shown, right, when we look at McKinsey and Lean In's report, Every year, they've been doing it for uh, five, I believe it's going to be the sixth year, they see that only a handful of the organizations have the systems and structures in place 
to uh, actually uh, reduce the inequities that we see from an organizational standpoint. So I think the fact that we're starting to think about this from an organizational intervention perspective, as opposed to relying only on those individual interventions, which we have typically seen in sense of um, uh, some type of unconscious bias training or other DI compliance training, it's really based off reducing discrimination, which really doesn't get to the heart of the issue as far as our systems and our policies. Now, Carol, I'm going to highlight just a couple of things, like I said, that organizations can do from a structural standpoint. So, Mandy, I kind of <laughs> asked you a loaded question and a big question that, as you said, we could probably talk for hours about it uh, in terms of how do we really get to changes when it comes to DNI uh, and equities within the workplace, and you, you said you had some some points that you wanted to make. So let me let me toss it back to you. Yeah. So some of the things we do when we're working with our clients, right? Because um, what you hit on is exactly the the problem that a lot of organizations and leaders have, which is where do I even start, right? How do we even start thinking about this? from a systems and organizational perspective. And so some of the things we do is help them with that diagnosis. So we're looking at things like um, when we when we look at your pay practices, are you basing uh, pay in someone's salary? Are you looking at prior salary history to determine their current salary? Or are you looking at just the job uh, and, and the experience required for the job? Because we know that these pay disparities and equities exist within our society. So when we do that common practice that most organizations do, which is using salary history in the interview and hiring process, what we see is that organizations have these disparities that are coming into their own workplace that they didn't intend just because of the disparities that exist in society. And so those are the types of analysis and, and reviews that we do to ensure that we're having a sound structure and policy within our organization to reduce and eliminate these inequities as much as possible. Now, I have to say, in planning for this interview, um, our producer, Donnie, who was involved in it, and he said, you know, what's interesting, too, is they've got this platform that basically lets, you know, various employees, from what I understand, is, you know, if they want to post something on their employer, they can do it anonymously. And that is, I think, even on your, is fairly prominent on your website. Talk to us about why this is such an important ability to be able to do. Yeah, it's critical because unless employees have a safe way to provide feedback, organizations don't know the opportunities that exist within their workplace that safe mechanism Mm -hmm. to allow employees to provide that feedback so that organizations can make the needed change. One of the things that's also uh, really, uh, we've had our our system set up is because talent says that looking for an employer that values diversity, equity, inclusion is one of the most important things for a potential employer. So uh, we have a lot of potential applicants that come to our platform looking company's uh, diversity, equity, inclusion initiatives, which we all track on our platform as well, to really learn what are the employers of choice in the companies that values really reflect their own values. You know, one of the other things, and I, and I am curious when you start working with a company, is like, what is the first thing that you want to look at and what is the kind of most common problem that you find when it comes to these issues at a company? So the most common 
problem that we see is that organizations haven't been measuring and tracking this at all. Mm-hmm. Um, they measure diversity, but they're not measuring equity and inclusion or looking at their systems from this kind of equity and inclusion lens. And so, uh, which is really baffling, right? Um, and they're different, right? They're at, different. Yeah, they're different. You know, when we think about diversity, diversity is, you know, individual's identity. That's gender, that's race, that's, you know, your religious background. Those are all diversity factors. When we think about inclusion, that is, I feel like I belong in this workplace no matter what my identity is. And then when we think about equity, that is, I have the same access and opportunities no matter what my identity is either. And so it's important for organizations to not only look at um, diversity and to have that measurement around diversity, but to really make sure that they're measuring inclusion and equity within the organization as well. Hey, one of the things I wanted to ask you, your own experience in creating a company, uh, raising funding for that company, what was it like? How hard was it as as a black a woman? So it was difficult. I mean, when we look at the funding disparities that exist for women and then also women of color, um, it's vast. You know, uh, we women of color only receive... 0.6% of venture capital funding, so not even one. Hmm. And um, when you look at the amount of funding received, it's at much lower rate. So, um, you know, we, we encountered a lot of challenges. And one of the things, just why, you know, diversity is so important in the corporate perspe- uh, setting is to ensure that we're getting that diversity of opinion and perspectives and experiences. But what we've seen in venture capital is the same, is that there's not a lot of diversity with respect to uh, venture capitalists and so it's hard sometimes to see the opportunity that exists within various markets. So I know when we first started Canaries, it was three years ago. It was before the emphasis that we're seeing now on corporate uh, diversity, equity, inclusion initiatives. And we had a lot of venture capitalists that couldn't see the potential in the company and didn't really um, understand the market potential. And so I think that's why it's so key and critical that we have diversity, not with only within a corporate setting, but within every ecosystem, including the venture capital ecosystem. Right. I feel like from all the conversations I've had, it's going to be, you know, we talk about pipelines, but it's going to be everywhere and and getting entrepreneurs certainly into the investment world and having the ability to bring, especially minority entrepreneurs to bring uh, their ideas out is is really, really key. Um, Quickly, 20 seconds, a piece of advice for entrepreneurs who are looking to to, to fund who might be coming up against closed doors? I would say to never give up. You have to be tenacious to be an entrepreneur. You've got to have a lot of grit and you got to believe in yourself. So uh, that would be my, my key pr- uh, word of advice is to, to keep going. Yeah, it's a good one. It's a simple one, but it's a good one. No doubt about it. Mandy, thank you so much. And I hope we can check in again down the road. She's co-founder and chief executive officer of Canaries on the phone from Dallas, Texas.